0: Well, 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 we have emerged out of the blur of Thursday and Friday where 32 games were played and a whole lot of brackets are suffering from it. Welcome back into the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It's college basketball coast to coast. I am merely TJ Reeves coming up straight ahead. We're looking back a little bit on what went on uh, on Thursday and Friday, but looking ahead to a Gonzaga-Memphis game on Saturday night in Portland, Oregon, that is the West Regionals' top seed taking on my Memphis Tigers, who won an NCAA tournament game for the first time since 2014. We'll talk to the play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers, Dave Willochian. He's aboard from Portland, uh, right here on College Basketball, coast-to-coast, to tell you what Memphis did well against Boise State. What are they looking to do against Gonzaga in this matchup? That's the final game of eight games on a Saturday as you listen to us here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. I'm anxious to talk with him. We're recapping what happened Thursday and Friday. We're looking ahead to Saturday and Sunday. That's what we do. If you just found us through a social media link, whether you found us through the TuneIn mobile app on the channel College Basketball Coast to Coast, we've got preview shows and recap shows that are always streaming top and bottom of every hour on the channel College Basketball Coast to Coast. Find us right there on TuneIn under sports, under college basketball, Search College Basketball Coast to Coast and in podcast form. Just follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You get College Basketball Coast to Coast in podcast form. So again, spread the word. We're here all throughout this weekend, all throughout the Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend, and then to the Final Four. We'll be live in New Orleans on this channel and on this podcast. My man Ari Russell is also with me. Love his insight from our days at SiriusXM and here on TuneIn. Ari's a big Miami Hurricane guy. He can't wait to talk about the Canes' Friday win over USC. Plus, he also covers Villanova. He was with the Villanova Wildcats for their Big East title win last Saturday. Villanova defeating Delaware Friday afternoon. Now gets ready to play Ohio State. Ari will have thoughts on all of that coming later on. Let's get underway with the interviews, the previews, a little bit of a recap from Thursday and Friday, the preview interviews and much more. Let's do that right now on College Basketball Coast to Coast. As I alluded to, I always love talking with this man on all occasions, but especially when it's the first time I keep saying since Barack Obama was the president, that I can say Dave Woloshin, voice of the Memphis Tigers, who won an NCAA tournament game on Thursday in the opening round. Again, the alma mater gets it done over Boise State, the regular season champions in the Mountain West, also the tournament champions in the Mountain West. And Wolo is with me from the Pacific Northwest, from Portland, where Memphis gets ready to play, oh, by the way, top-seeded Gonzaga now as their reward coming late night, Saturday night. Wolo, good to be with you, especially after a Memphis tournament win. I know you're detached from the city, but in terms of the the team, the travel party, what has this been like that they get a tournament win, stay alive to play number one seed Gonzaga?
1: I just been fantastic. I mean, you think about it. This is why Penny Hardaway came four years ago to the rescue of his alma mater. It was floundering. They were losing season tickets. They were in the uh, words of the president, Dr. M. David Rudd, had he kept Tubby Smith through the uh, entirety of his contract, they would have lost about $25 million, had to make a move. Penny wanted to do it. Penny wanted to rescue his alma mater. That is what he said to me on the radio after the game. I came here because I really love my city and I really love my school. That's why I did it. The guy doesn't need money. He, You know, he's a great golfer. He can find plenty of things to do. He could travel. He does this because that's where his heart is. And, and it's worked I it was a really good Boise team, by the way. That Boise team had won 27 games. Most in their history. That Boise team had 15 conference games. And as you said, regular and conference champions, first time in their history. It was the eighth time they had made the, uh, made the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but that was their best seeding, which is why they were 0-7. And Memphis probably shouldn't have been a nine seed. I think we all know that. I think they're probably closer to a four or a five and would have been if they didn't get off to a bad start. Maybe even better. But they were nine and eight until it all kicked in. And they really dominated, for the most part, that really good Boise team. But now they got the number one, number one, and they're the AP number one. You know the last time there was – Uh, AP number one that defended it and won a national championship.
0: Hit me with it. What is it?
1: 2012 Kentucky. Mm. So So it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard, hard thing to do.
0: It it tells you uh, how good that team was, obviously, uh, Anthony Davis uh, leading that team. That's and right. uh, And by the way, you like a little symmetry? I'll add to your story. They won the title in the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, where this year's Final Four is being played. Put that away. Food for thought. Uh, for later on but uh, more on Gonzaga in a second you you mentioned something you've told me about this before and again full disclosure here for the audience on college basketball coast to coast I've been on the radio with this man over and over and over again through the years I'm on with him all the time Um, and so we've talked about this on the radio show but for the audience here when this turned around why did it turn around to the point where this team essentially now has gone 12-2 and to close out Uh, The regular season, get to the conference tournament championship game. It was a loss to Houston, but now win an NCAA tournament game. 12-2 and in the last 14 games. Give me a reason or two. Why has this turned around?
1: Well, uh, Penny says it turned around after a Tulsa game. They were down like 13 or 14 at the half, and they just decided to buy into everything. Prior to that, there were two different factions. There were the old guys that won the NIT championship a year ago, guys like Landers, Nolly, DeAndre Williams, Lester, Ken Yonis, And they felt like maybe they weren't being respected enough by this staff that had handed the car keys to the two sensations that were freshmen, one who lived up to the billing, Jalen Duran, who by the way has been a superstar down the stretch in that, 12 and 2 run. He's become a guy who will be a top seven to, to to 10 pick. And then Imani Bates, who was on Sports Illustrated when he was 15 years old as the next Kevin Durant. And unfortunately, he just wasn't ready. He's not physically ready. He is a good catch and shoot shooter. If you spot him up and you get on the ball and he's got a look and he's 6'9 and he's got perfect mechanics, what a release, pretty as can be, high arching splasher. If you put him in that role, he he can help you and he may help Memphis tomorrow, but he was struggling. He had a back issue. They went to see a specialist in Ypsilanti, Michigan, where he's from. And they said mechanical back issues, and they sat him down. He did not play until the Boise game, where he came in for three and a half minutes, was one for one, played really, really well. But the truth is, once he went out, Durin was accepted. Everybody kind of came together. So it's a little bit like subtraction is addition. And they decided total buy-in, and they didn't mind letting Duran, especially down the stretch here, become the focal point.
0: Uh, well said on all the assessment. Dave, will ocean with me for a few more moments. College basketball, coast-to-coast. Memphis and Gonzaga will be the final game of the eight games that are coming round two on Saturday out of Portland. All right, so you mentioned Gonzaga and how impressive they were. We've seen this all year long. They've got veteran players uh, like Drew Timmy, who went bonkers, especially in the second half of the Georgia State game. Then they've got the newcomer Chad Holmgren. You got to look at that seven-footer firsthand, courtside the other night. What's the challenge between those two, in particular, down low? And Holmgren can take you to the outside, and really so can Timmy. But what's what's the challenge going against those two for Memphis? Well,
1: Memphis does have a front court. You know, they got this kid Duran, who's going to be right up there with Holmgren of the big men taken and you got a guy who's 26 years old named DeAndre Williams who's really really a very good player you got a kid like Malcolm Dandridge who's a big dude who can come in and be physical you even got a skinny kid Josh might not a freshman who is loaded with uh, I I mean athleticism so Memphis can counter a Holmgren and Timmy to a certain extent because they're going to get theirs but they can physically match up with them. And they got the bodies and enough fouls to try and slow them down a little bit. Let me tell you, Georgia state had a big kid from the Congo who was playing his heart out. He had a non-contact injury. He went out in the second half. You never saw him again. And then about 10 minutes or so in, they had another kid, a freshman who was a post player, fall out of the game. When they lost those two post players, that is when Gonzaga went on their run, and they did. Right, look, I look, I, you don't see these numbers very often. homegren 19 and 17 with seven blocks. He can pass, by the way, at mm. five assists. Mm. Timmy 32 and 13. Holy smokes. Now, I don't yep. think they can do that against Memphis, but they'll. They'll be really good. And they got a great kid who's a guard. Well, first of all, all five players that start average double figures. Then you got two kids who come off the bench that are McDonald's All Americans that are freshmen. I mean, it's uh, Mark Fuse put together a great team. There's no doubt about it. They deserve to be the number one, number one seed. I do think Memphis will match up okay with them. I really do.
0: All right. So, in our remaining moment or two, as this goes along, uh, 10 minutes into the game, uh, you know, first half, what are we looking for that says to you Memphis is fine and or Memphis will take this thing to the wire and not let Gonzaga do what they've done to so many other teams? What are you looking for? And maybe it's a couple of things that say to you, this is going to be a game and Memphis is going to have a legit shot to win this game.
1: Two things. One, Williams and Duran are not in fall trouble. Look what happened at Georgia State with foul trouble or injury. Secondly, the Tigers perimeter shooters are going to have to hit some shots because it gets so clogged up inside. And I'm not saying Duran and Williams won't be able to get some points in there because they're really good. They will, but you've got to loosen things up. You have got to hit perimeter shots. So Lester Quinones, uh, Landers Nolly, he's got to hit some shots. Harris may come in, believe it or not. Bates may come in to be a a, a catch-and-shoot guy, and if he hits a couple of threes, that would go a long, long way. So perimeter shooters, making shots, and foul trouble is not an issue for the interior guys.
0: You know, I'm thrilled for a lot of things in this tournament. You're one of my mentors. We've been around each other longer than either one of us want to admit – I am thrilled for you that you're on the call. And my buddy, Matt Dillon, who's on a call with you, who's been around Memphis right. or Memphis State basketball for practically 50 years, correct? Doing games well, he, on TV he, and radio. He was
1: around, uh, I think he was a student broadcaster in 73 mm. when Finch yep. and Kingman and Robinson and a guy named Bill Laurie, who's now, you know, one of the the Walmart family and, He's been around since then, so you're right. It's 50 So I am
0: am thrilled that you guys are on the call for a game like this on Memphis Radio. It's going to be a blast to see what the Tigers can do, and I really – no bias here. I really believe the styles match up where Memphis can hang in. Whether they can win, that remains to be seen, like you said, on staying out of foul trouble, hitting shots, and does Gonzaga do what Gonzaga has done really the last two seasons – Uh, especially with Holmgren, the new variable on that and how fantastic he is. Dave Woloshin, it's a pleasure once again. I hope, I hope I'm talking to you again next week because you know what that means on college basketball coast to coast that the Tigers are in the Sweet 16. So let's hope it's a date and we're talking again on this show, my friend.
1: Well, just think of this, you know, We love regional rivalries. We talk about how the NCAA probably dreams up some of these storylines. I don't think they did this one. But if Memphis were to win and the other side is chalk, Memphis would take on Arkansas, a rivalry (laughs) that goes way back. And even in the NCAA, and they would do it in San Francisco. How crazy is that?
0: Uh, And by the way, an epic couple of games against Arkansas, including my Memphis State Tigers with Penny Hardaway while I'm in school beating Nolan Richardson's uh, Arkansas Razorbacks in Milwaukee uh, in the round of 32, not that I don't remember this stuff, the 1992 tournament that year. Todd Day, Lee Mayberry for Arkansas, Penny, David Vaughn, Tony Matlock for the Memphis State Tigers. I'm all for it. Because if if Memphis is playing Arkansas, that means they beat Gonzaga. I am all for that, Dave Wollish. Let's see what happens on Saturday night,
1: all right? You got it, my
0: friend. Always good to be with you, Wolo. Thank you, sir. What a pleasure a reminder however you found us and wherever you found us whether it's tune in streaming on the college basketball coast to coast channel whether it's through the podcast again on apple podcast google podcast spotify college basketball coast to coast follow us and subscribe take advantage of one of our sponsors that is ticket smarter and the upcoming uh, first four games in dayton as you're hearing us on tuesday and wednesday use ticket smarter and they're 100% guarantee for your ticket purchase through ticket smarter and use our promo code COAST22 to take $10 off your order every time you use it. And whether you're going to these uh, first-round tournament games, first- and second-round tournament games in Buffalo, uh, whether it's the ones uh, somewhere else like Portland or any of the other tournament games that are happening in, in Pittsburgh or Greenville, South Carolina, or on and on down the list uh, for all of these different matchups in Indianapolis, uh, et cetera. Et cetera Ticket Smarter's mobile app, TicketSmarter.com, or the mobile app. Put our promo code COAST22 in there. You'll save ten dollars off your order. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. One hundred percent guarantee on your purchase of your tickets through Ticket Smarter. Ten bucks off every time you use it with the promo code COAST22. Think smarter. It's Ticket Smarter. Yes, been looking forward to catching up with this man. I think he survived. I think I survived 32 games Thursday and Friday. And now we get ready for second round action Saturday and Sunday. My man, Ari Russell, Coach Ari. Again, he and I have been around each other. Sirius XM Radio, Fox Sports Radio, tune-ins coverage of college basketball. Welcome back to college basketball coast to coast. I know everybody's in the same boat. It's just a matter of how much. How much is your bracket blown up? Because mine yeah. mine's blown up a couple of directions. I still have the final four intact, but I'm blown up a couple of directions. Uh how's your bracket feeling? How you feeling?
2: I mean, it's uh dead to rights. It's in the <laughs> ground, six feet deep, done wrap. <laughs> I have only one portion of my bracket that's right for, for the right. round of 32, and it's the bottom part of the Midwest bracket. That's it. Everything else is – it looks like my old math tests, just yeah. red lines, red lines. Just- or my
0: English papers back in the day with the red and the red, <laughs> and the red, and the red uh, on that. Uh, all right, we got so much to get to uh, here. Uh, I, I want to hone in with you because you're a Miami Hurricane guy. Let's give the Canes a little love. At the time we're taping, they're off the win over Southern Cal over USC and have advanced to the second round to play Auburn. All right, what did you what did you like? Mm-hmm. What told you Miami was the better team here and how did they get it done in that 7-10 matchup to move on?
2: Uh guard play, I thought that the guard play um, you know, and the the ability to force turnovers um and just the tempo. Um it was a very interesting game um to say the least. Um first off, there's a couple of stats that jump out at you okay the first one is usc had i said i said in the preview i said um, if usc has 15 or more turnovers it's going to be tough for them to win they had 18 they lost right miami had only three turnovers total the lowest at one, at had one point was it
0: there. was like 11 turnovers for usc and none for Miami. Yeah. to your point
2: right so like they only turn up over three which is a season low okay they shot one for 14 or maybe one for 12 from three. They only made one three-pointer that was late in the game, right? They So, like, that's – they had one offensive rebound the entire game. They were out-rebound <laughs> by 12 or 14 in that game, okay? So, like, the margins are crazy, you know, and and the fact that they won by two – Um, You know, I just thought that the guard play was what was going to be the difference. In in this case, um, Isaiah Wong was really the the difference uh, from an offensive standpoint. He had 22, which was a game high, Um, but he really didn't play the whole second half because of foul trouble. They couldn't stop him. And when he was on the court, there was just there was nothing that that they can do defensively. Um, It was just a, a. you know, a game where they made the plays at the end. They hit the free throws at the end with Charlie Moore, and he played quarterback really at the end and stretch, making very key passes and steals. Um, you know, they're off to the next round. Tough game. USC really played tough, and I thought that Andy Enfield made some great adjustments at halftime to 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 be able to get back into that game because they were down at thirteen by one point, uh, and they only lost by two. It was a heck of a ball game.
0: Well, again, uh, veteran coach, as you know, that took George Mason to a Final Four. He's had Miami in a Sweet Sixteen. Love Jim Jim Laranega, uh, as our buddy Bill Rowland calls him, Coach L. Coach L all mm-hmm. about it, especially Xing and Owing at the end of a game. Uh, and and Miami gets it done. So now they will play Auburn. I'll circle back to Ari about that Sunday matchup uh, in a few moments. Another team that I want to hone in on from you on a friday is villanova you were around the wildcats their biggies championship game win over creighton last saturday night at the garden ari was in the house covering that for us here as part of college basketball coast to coast Justin Moore was very good. The left-handed guard was very good in the game with Delaware. They needed it. Delaware was kind of hanging in for a while. Justin Moore, 21 points, six assists, veteran team again. Uh, again, an outstanding coach. Villanova pushed through. That's me saying that. What else did you see out of Villanova's Friday afternoon win?
2: Look, I mean, you know, a little slow kind of, little slow start. Um, you know, Delaware was staying in the game, like you said, but then you know, once they get that distance, um, it's very difficult to beat Villanova. Once they they create a lead, you know, of double digits, it's going to be very difficult for you to get back to them because their defense is just so is just so consistent and so good and so difficult for for uh, a team to come back. So you, you really can't get too far behind from them. Um, you you got to keep it within like a seven to to you know seven and nine range. Once it gets to double digits. Um, forget it. Uh, and that's pretty much what happened. Like, you know, like, uh, look, they, they, obviously there's a reason why they were the two seed and Delaware is the 15 seed in this case. Um, you know, and, uh, it wasn't as the most dominating win of all time, but, but Villanova is not going to always win most dominating, uh, in most dominating fashion, but their defense is always going to make it difficult.
0: Well, they put it on Delaware. By the way, speaking of blown up brackets, the president's bracket is blown up. He had Delaware winning the national championship. Of course, he had to be slanted. He's from Delaware. So Delaware is out. His bracket's blown up. By the way, uh, when reached for comment, Donald Trump's bracket is blown up. The former president picked himself to win the national championship. So that's out too. I just thought I'd throw in a little humor here on college basketball coast to coast uh, as we rock along uh, with all these different games uh, and matchups. And and I, I know you want to say something about Ohio State. They're going to be Villanova's opponent Oof. on Sunday. Uh, it was an ugly game from Loyola's standpoint, not being able to shoot the ball. How much do you credit Ohio State? I know Sister Jean was trying to work the magic at 102 years young, praying with the team before the game. No prayers answered, though. They were awful shooting the ball. How much do you credit the Buckeyes for that win to move on now to
2: play Villanova? Ari, real quick. Oh, I mean, they they were disruptive that whole game. I mean, they they put the clamps on Loyola. They weren't getting that many open shots. They were getting some, but even the open shots they were getting were were tough, were were worked open shots basically. Um, and, uh, they just put the clan. I mean, that was one of, one of the best defensive performances I've seen in a while. I mean, it was just a very cohesive defensive uh, strategy that uh, that Chris Holtman had uh, really just uh, impressive. Look, he had some of his uh, top guys finally come back as well. I mean, look, they were fully loaded finally for the first time, I think since January Mm -hmm. Uh, look Ohio state, because once they're now, they're fully loaded uh, and the way that they played defensively against one of the best shooting teams in the country. Um, I, I really thought that, uh, they are dangerous now, and this is going to be a rock fight with, with Villanova. Um, you know, it's an interesting matchup because two very, very good, uh, defensive teams here. Uh, it just seems like the size of Ohio. I I really, I, I, at first before watching Ohio state, I had Villanova in this one, but now watching Ohio state against Loyola, um, you know, in fact, I didn't even have Ohio State get to this point. I had Loyola, of course. So right, right. I'm, <laughs> I, you. I'm looking I, at you I, know, I
0: Loyola playing Villanova. A lot as of well. us did a lot. But of us if did. you don't make shots, how many times have we done this year after year after year? If you don't make shots, it is the death of you. This time of year, you may be able to escape for a game, but you're not going to last very long if you're not making shots in March. Correct. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, and uh, look, Ohio State, you know, they. You know, their offense. Loyola played very disruptive defense as well. They're another. They're just a good all-around team. Uh, but I tell you, there they was just a dominating win defensively and and dominating. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a ball game against Villanova.
0: No doubt. A few moments left with Ari Russell on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Find him at Ari Russell on social media. My man Ari will be with me as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. All the way through the Final Four in New Orleans here as we preview, we recap, etc. All right. In the few moments we have left, Saturday slate is getting underway with North Carolina Baylor. As you continue to listen Saturday, you may know some of the results. That's the first standalone game that is up in Fort Worth, Texas with top seeded Baylor Creighton and the top seed Kansas will play in Fort Worth right after that. So you have two standalone games and then the mayhem will start up. Do you want to hone in on a game? We already talked Gonzaga Memphis that will bookend. It will end the day. We talked about that with Dave Will at the beginning of this show and podcast. Do you have another game? And maybe it's North Carolina Baylor. Maybe it's Creighton, Kansas. I don't know. Do you have another game? that stands out for you? Uh, and if so, what is it? I'm just curious, Coach Ari, real quick. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's a lot of, of really intriguing matchups, but really I think the one that jumps out is St. Mary's UCLA for me. Um, boy, I, I tell you what, St. Mary's really, really came out the gates here in the first round, like, you know, you know, just on fire. I mean, just an amazing performance in the first round. Um, you know, really handled their business. And, and uh, you know, I that's one of the few things few picks I think I had right. Uh, but I didn't have it at that level. I didn't think that they were going to be that dominant. Uh they look great. Um and, and UCLA is 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 a team that if they can put it together, they're very dangerous. They're a very dangerous team. Uh this is this one's a tough one to call. I I, I don't know, but I'm very intrigued to see where it goes um you know just just because of uh, the first round of saint mary's performance to see if if they're going to continue that because that was just dominating and uh we'll see if they can they're really UCLA. they're really
0: good defensively they have size to match up with ucla they are no joke as we know with randy bennett he's a fantastic coach and now th- this game may be like 51 to 50. It may be 47 yeah. to 46. It may be grind out in Portland. I, I, hey, look, I got UCLA coming out of that bracket, out of that East bracket eventually in the bracket with Baylor. Mm-hmm. And, and now Kentucky is gone from that bracket. Purdue as the as the three seed. I like, I like UCLA uh, here in this situation. We'll mm-hmm. see. It should be a lot yeah. of fun. Again, that one is up first in Portland Saturday night, depending on when you're hearing us. Gonzaga, Memphis right after that. Uh, as the top seed, uh, Gonzaga, is doing battle uh, with, the, with the eight seed or the nine seed, the Memphis Tigers, uh, in that matchup. Uh, all right, just a quick peek at Sunday, 60 to 90 seconds here. Uh, your Hurricanes are, uh, are up, as we mentioned, in that uh, matchup with Auburn. Auburn, again, a lot of size. The athletic Jabari Smith, my gosh, what a posterizing dunk that was in the opening round game with Jacksonville State. It's on the highlights everywhere. That's a primetime game. Miami hangs in with Auburn. Why? If they hang in, they hang in. Why real quick?
2: Because their guards can score. And if their guards shoot better, uh, this game, like McGusty and and everyone else other than Wong, if they're able to shoot better, they, they can hang with anyone. And they usually play up to their competition. So, um, you know, they're they're they understand and they're not afraid to play against bigger teams. USC was way bigger, uh, not a, quite as athletic up front as Auburn right. was, but but they're not afraid to do it. And they stretch you out. It's it should be a much higher scoring game in this one. And they're comfortable with high scoring games. They'll be able to run and, um, you know, be interesting. Uh, the tempo is not something that that uh, it, it fits right into the to Miami's uh. You know, game plan that Auburn's kind of up tempo. It's not something Miami's going to run away from.
0: <laughs> then again, Auburn goes through st- stretches again where they don't make shots. If they are, if they are not hitting uh, from the outside. Uh, Let's see. Let's see what Miami can do in that uh, round of 32 game. You mentioned Ohio State Villanova again for Sunday. That one, 240 Eastern time. Adjust your time zone accordingly, as I like to say. That one in Pittsburgh. Uh, Michigan State, who we've not talked about, squeaked by Davidson in a close game. Duke won impressively pulling away uh, from Cal State Fullerton, any game could be Coach K's final game here, Ari. I know you and I have mm-hmm. great affection for him. Again, about a 30-second answer. Coach yeah. K and Duke, Michigan State, most of the country will be seeing this on CBS, leading right into 60 Minutes. Let's see what happens one more time with these two teams that always seem to play in the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Izzo and uh, K. I, I look, uh, it's it's a tough one to call here because uh, Duke has the talent, obviously, to, to, to make the long run. Uh, Michigan State. I don't think has the talent, but look, you never know. know, These young guys on Duke could, could go cold and foul trouble plays Mm -hmm. a a part. And, you know, Michigan state's not the best shooting team in the world, Uh, but they get, sometimes they get hot. You you just never know. It's tough one. I still think Duke has, way too much talent uh, in this particular one. But uh, if they
0: play understand. tight and they miss shots, we've seen them vulnerable. They were vulnerable against mm-hmm. Virginia Tech last Saturday night. They were vulnerable in the finale with North Carolina. If you play tight and you miss shots, exactly. it can be over. And what a, uh, we'll see what happens with Coach K. We'll have plenty of time to talk about this, but this could be it. You hate to keep saying that, but every game now could be it for his Hall of Fame career. We'll find out if it is on Sunday afternoon or will Duke roll on into another Sweet 16 for him. I know this. I love talking with this guy. promise I get back with you next week as we get rolling again into the Sweet 16. Uh, By Monday, we know who the 16 teams are that are left, Coach Ari, in this 2022 uh, tournament. Good luck to your Canes. Good luck by extension to my Memphis Tigers. Let's see what happens on this weekend and get back after it uh, here on College Basketball Coast to Coast when we get a chance to hook back up. Thank you for the time here in the preview mode, sir.
2: Thank you.
0: There we go. That's a show, and we're ready for Saturday. Eight more games on Saturday, eight more on Sunday. Keep it locked in right here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, the channel on TuneIn and the podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy all the action of the 2022 NCAA Basketball Tournament.